Welcome back to 10 Cents Podcast. I am your host, Robert Rio, and I have Adam, and I also have uh, Lonnie Unser on the phone. Uh, Lonnie races in WRL with uh, Round 3 Racing. She also does uh, NASA Spec Miata and Global MX-5 Cup. Uh, she just graduated from the University of Colorado Boulder, and if the last name sounds familiar, it's because she's the latest generation of racers in the legendary Unser family. So how you doing, Lonnie? Good. How about you? Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah. Welcome to the show. I'm glad that you're here. I'm doing very well. Yeah. Um, so you, you were just talking before the show, and you just graduated from college. So what's what's it like going to college and graduating in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, it's not not what I was wanting, you know. I mean, everybody this year is kind of taking a hit uh, in some way or another, and I'm just another one. It's, it's just kind of sad not to be able to... Um, you know, have that celebration with my class. And I had such a great four years at college. It's, it's kind of sad to watch it on, on a YouTube video and just by myself. So I'm not great, but you know, I'm glad I'm done. Uh, so happy about that. And do you have a, like a job lined up or what's, what's the plan? So the plan right now is to just pursue racing. Uh, I'll, be getting a couple odd jobs here and there. I've been working for a teen safe driving school, which is really cool. It's called Breaks, uh, and that just helps prepare teens to be safe on the road. And so I'll be doing that on weekends. I don't have races. And then uh, I have a, a research job, and then I may waitress or something something along, along those lines. But right now, kind of up in the air, I just kind of, I'd like to race, so... Yeah, that sounds way more fun than a real job. Yeah, it's so much more fun. <laughs> Not quite as profitable, but you know, um, we'll we'll get there maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If you could get that to start paying the bills itself, that's that's the dream. Yeah, exactly. That's ideal. That's that's been the dream for a long time now. So hopefully, hopefully that'll work out. Yeah, even even just breaking even would be nice. <laughs> I know that's that's another thing. It's just like not having to pay for anything myself because at this point in motorsports, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, but it's all about paying. It's not about getting paid until you get to the very highest level. And that's what everyone as a race car driver strives for is getting to that highest level and and like like you said, Adam, either breaking even or hopefully getting paid. Yeah, that's it. It's interesting to me, you know, I've, I've, we've talked a lot to people who have, who have come and gone through the pro ranks and uh, both on the podcast and, you know, personally or whatever. And it, it's just amazing to me how much, um, you know, talent doesn't necessarily guarantee anything anymore. It's really too yeah. bad. Yeah, it really is too bad. I mean, there's so many amazing drivers out there who just get, cut off when they're young because it is so expensive. And I'm in a position where I'm super lucky because of my last name, the fact that I'm a female in this industry where not many females are in, in this industry yet. And um, so I'm in a lucky position that way. And, and when I started racing, I kind of said to myself, you know, I'm, I have the, these things going for me, so I might as well give it a shot because I do have a better chance than some people. And I recognize that. And, um, you know, I hope that the sport gets to a place where, you know, we don't need things like that. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So then when you're in college, are you 
constantly traveling, trying to balance school and racing? Or how, how, how are you able to balance that type of stuff? When I was racing Spec Miata a lot more, um, it wasn't too bad because all of the races were really close because I raced in the Rocky Mountain region and and I'd have races close as an hour and a half away to only a couple hours away. And that was pretty easy to maintain. Uh, I'd usually have to miss school on Fridays or I just wouldn't take school classes on Fridays. But now it's getting a little bit more challenging as I'm starting to travel more and more. Uh, so thankfully now that I've graduated, I won't have to worry as much about that, but, uh, I definitely social life was not really a thing for me to be quite honest in college, which, you know, um, there's a lot of things I want to do in life and, uh, I guess some things have to fall by the wayside and that's, that's what I chose. So it's definitely busy. It, it requires lots of homework on planes or homework, you know, between, weekend events and all of that and just kind of honestly as well cramming on Mondays but um I made it work and yeah well it sounds like you did pretty well because I, I, I don't know if I, where I read it but I said you were like an honor student so I think that you're able to balance racing and get good grades it's better than most better than I did and I wasn't racing yeah, well, I, I didn't do so well in high school. I didn't love that, but uh, <laughs> I loved what I, I studied in college. I studied landscape architecture, which is pretty, pretty, quite the departure from racing and a race career. But um, I really enjoyed it. And so I pushed myself to do well and pushed myself to do well in that and racing. And somehow, I don't know how, honestly, sometimes managed to do it both successfully i guess well that's awesome well then even this week too it's you have high planes coming up this weekend so we and we happen to just catch you on a, on a bit like another busy week so i mean are, what's your week look like this week are you just gonna hop on a plane and and go race yeah fortunately high plains is my home track so oh, i went to school at cu boulder uh and that's where i'm still living and it's about an hour and a half east of here so this week i'm pretty lucky i just got done with moving apartments uh and so that made my week pretty busy and then and then after that i just have to like i said find jobs and and all of that so who are you racing with this weekend I'll be racing with uh, the Shift Up Now Round 3 Racing, uh, Team Cooper Tire, uh, Shell Motorsports Team. And I'll be racing with uh, Sarah Sarah Montgomery is is on one of our team cars. And then she's racing with the team owner and his dad. And then on my team, I'm actually racing with two men that I have not met yet. uh, Just because High Plains is a little bit far away for for some of the the two guys I usually race with, they they've been because of the pandemic, they've been pretty careful about driving to all of the races. And this one is just a little bit too far for them. Uh, but I'm really excited. I think my teammate is six, four and I'm five, three. So um, for, for those of you who know endurance racing, you got to fit the seat to both drivers. And I usually, as it is, have like four pads behind my back. And I'm a little bit scared for, for this weekend in that respect. But um, I've heard they're both great drivers and I really look forward to racing with them. 
Well, that's awesome. And then you get, so basically you show up on Friday, get fitted for the seat and that practice right away. Or I guess how's, how's that all set up? Yeah. So on Friday we'll show up and the, the key for us, uh, in this endurance racing. So we have two eight hour races on Saturday and Sunday. So the key for us is really to spend as little time in the car as we can to, you know, prevent wear and tear and, uh, make sure the car's in the best condition it can be for the start of Saturday, because it goes through such, it gets beat up out there. Uh, and so we'll, we'll each probably do 20 minute sessions, uh, just to feel the car out, make sure the setup's good. And, uh, yeah. And then the rest of the day is just kind of strategizing and planning and all of that to get ready for Saturday and Sunday. Very nice. Oh, sorry. I thought Adam was about to say something. <laughs> uh, are you in a Miata? I guess I missed that part at least. Miata yeah, so, this weekend still, or or is that yeah, something else you run in WRL? Yeah, so I've been running a Porsche Boxster 1999. Uh, they're great cars. They're really predictable mid-engine cars, and they're really fun to drive. Uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, we've had a, a couple of guys run that in our time trials group, and he seems to put up really good times and really consistent with it. So it's yeah, it seems like a fun car that you could. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's it's. I like. I think I like rear wheel, rear wheel drive cars and mid engines a little bit better than front wheel drive because you're more loose. Um, and so I'm glad that I get to be driving that this weekend, but it is still really predictable. So, and, and yeah, like you said, it produces fast times and we have, we have about hour and a half long stints, which is competitive to the other people in our class who usually run, um, shorter stints. Is it a pretty stock car then, or just a, you know, just a cage and, and go, or is that a pretty heavily modified car? It's pretty stocked, you know, uh, race prepped and all of that, but, uh, all of the parts are stock Porsche parts, stock tank and all that gas tank wise. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. We have a stock stock tank. So it's a pretty, I mean, an hour and a half is, is a pretty decent stint on a, on a stock sized tank. It seems. Yeah. They, I mean, they're really efficient, uh, which is great because in endurance racing, it's just all about staying on the track and making laps, hopefully fast laps. But, um, yeah, it's just all about staying out there and not spending time in the pits. So was endurance racing kind of always your plan or I guess, how did you even like, I, a lot of people are going to assume that answer that you're going to be in a cart and you're like two years old, but I don't think that was the case with you. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't actually my parents, uh, kind of tried to steer me away a little bit from racing. I mean, I, I spent my time growing up at the track and, uh, you know, going to races with my dad because he's worked for Cooper Tire and uh, Road to Indy. And so I've always been going to the track, but um, I grew up in a small town in Idaho. And so racing wasn't really an option for me. And, you know, my dad also knew how difficult of a sport it is and how hard it is to make it, you know, all the money. And, and also it's just, it's really grueling, a really grueling sport. You know, the highs are super high and the lows are really low. And, but I was able to go to a driving school when I was a senior in high school, I went to the BMW driving school and my dad 
came to me and said, I was able to go to a school like this when I was your age. It'll make you a better driver on the street. I want you to be able to have this opportunity. I was like, of course. Yes. Like I was so excited. And then, um, you know, I got there and the night, I just remember the night at dinner, we were sitting there and I was like, dad, is there any way we can make this happen? Like, I love this so much. I was able to put up pretty good times compared to the other uh, schoolmates or whatever. And, uh, you know, I was just, I love this so much. I want to make it happen. He was like, Oh, I don't know, Lonnie, you know, we'll see. It's kind of, it's, it's hard and all of this. And then you could see him start to think a little bit more and more about it. And then eventually I was at the, I was able to go to the mid Ohio race school to get my, competitions license for NASA and SCCA and from there just kind of springboarded and we found that Spec Miata was probably the best option because it's so competitive and it really teaches you about momentum and I think it really makes you a good driver. Um, You see some of the Spec Miata fields out there with 40 plus cars. I went to nationals a couple years ago and I believe we had 70 cars in the final, final race. And it's probably one of the most chaotic things I've ever been a part of, but uh, it just makes you a really good driver. And then going on into, into anything else, you're just so well prepared after that. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And then I guess what, what finally got you into endurance racing? Yeah, sorry, I didn't answer that question. No, I, I asked uh, you two questions at once. <laughs> yeah, so I I really, my goal is to race the IMSA WeatherTech series. And I am kind of going the sports car route because, first of all, it's a little bit safer than open wheel. And then also it's a lot easier to make it to the top level because in open wheel, it's, it's a lot, it's quite a bit more expensive at the top level like IndyCar. And then also... With that, it's a lot easier to find, um, you know, a teammate or whatever who is wealthy and may want to help help you along the way. And so that was really the idea behind that. And I also I love sports cars. I've never had the chance to drive an open wheel car. But of course, if I get the opportunity one day, I'll definitely take it. And then WRL is great because we go to all of the biggest tracks around the U.S., Uh, So, you know, Road America, Road Atlanta, you know, just the big name tracks. And I'm hoping that that way I'll be able to start learning and getting to know those tracks a lot better. And then also round three racing and shift up now has been great in creating this team. And Cooper Tires is supplying the the tires for the car. Um, The new DOT um, RS3R tires uh, that have been really great for us. So it just kind of all came together this year and made sense that that was kind of the route I was going to take. That's awesome. It's it's cool to me that WRL is like an option for somebody like a, a legitimate option for somebody who's looking to move to pro racing because like Robbie and I have really good friends who live in, you know, right here, you know, in the same town we live in that, that actively campaign WRL and they're just, they're just regular guys, you know? Uh, and then it's, it's just interesting to me that, that, uh, WRL is a place where, where like anybody can race people who are looking, people who are looking to, to do the pro racing route, people who have, or are doing the pro racing route or just a bunch of buddies who want to get together and, and, uh, 
play with cars. So that's cool to me. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And, and like you said, it's just kind of a big mix of people. Uh, for example, uh, on my team car, Sarah Montgomery, she, you know, has raced quite a few pro races and then she's taking this route this year to kind of make it a transition year. And she's an incredible driver. Uh, and so you see incredible drivers and then also drivers who are learning, which is great. Uh, and it's just a great mix and it's great competition too. It's, it's not easy to win the races. Yeah. Our, our friend, our friend Booney, then that's, that's how we met Mandy, um, uh, Mandy McGee. So okay. say he's the one that, uh, that, that team has been campaigning last year and then all of this year, this year has been more of a challenge, obviously. And then the plan is to yeah. run next year. And then I haven't announced it yet, but apparently I'm part of a team with a nine, four, four. And our plan is to do a few races next year as well. Oh, cool. So hope, right hopefully, you're, hopefully. Doing, you're doing WRL Robbie. Yes. I didn't know if that's what you were going to do. Yes. That's, that's what we're doing. Not that I want to talk too much about it. it <laughs> no, right. no, that's, that's awesome. Not to hijack. I knew you were doing it. I just didn't know what. Yep. Yeah, yep. I'll, I'll have to come say hi at the track. Yep. Well, I'm not sure what races. Obviously, it's you know way yeah. in advance, but the yeah the plan would be to right. run at least three races next year. Oh, great! That's awesome. Yeah, it's just it's really fun, and it's great to be able to have that much seat time as well. Uh, you know, you get hours and hours of driving, which is what we all need. Honestly, is just we need seat time, seat time, seat time to get better, and so it's great. Yeah. Where, where are you guys out of? We're out of Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, dead, we're dead nowhere center. close to any tracks. Yeah. We're, we're just, <laughs> you know, if you want to go to a racetrack, you've got at least a three to four hour drive in pretty much any direction and you'll get there, but it's, yeah. it's not, not like a little, it, little tracks. There's an well, oval there, right? Yeah, but it's not really available to anybody that's not NASCAR. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's been a real challenge the last couple of years. We were supposed to be there this year and then then of course pandemic hit so that made it even worse but yeah it's it's been a few years since we've actually had a chance to go there yeah well i'm no foreigner to being far away from tracks <laughs> i mean yeah. denver is great it has a few small tracks but uh you know to get to any big one you're talking a plane ride so yeah we'll be robbie and i will both be a ppir here in a, a couple of weeks so or a yeah, week. a week from this when this comes out. A so. week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we we should probably start planning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that's great for NASA. Uh, grid life. We'll be grid a, life. we'll be a grid life. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, PPIR is PPIR is cool. Um, I'm good friends with the men and the son who owns it, Bob and Tommy Boylo. Yeah, I met I met them last year. They're. Uh, Bob's a Bob's a character. Yeah, he's a hoot for sure. He, <laughs> he likes to call me his. He likes to call himself my track dad. So um, I, I always love going to PPIR, and it's a it's a fun little track, and you know it's cool to be underneath Pikes Peak. Yeah, it's certainly a much better view than we have around here. Yeah, <laughs> corn. Yep. <laughs> yeah, lots and lots and lots of that. <laughs> That's okay. I'm from Idaho, so people would just say potatoes, you know. Right. Do we eat potatoes for every meal? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you guys get the same. Yeah, it's, it's corn every meal. <laughs> but yeah, um, let's see. We'll kind of jump back into stuff you're doing. So you recently just had a race with uh, Mandy McGee and Pippa Man at, at Road Atlanta. Um, first, how did that race go? Um, unfortunately, 
on we we crashed i crashed um which i pride myself on not making mistakes and i haven't in a really long time but the i hit the curb one of these these curbs that was a little bit it was pretty tall and i hit it and it spun the rear tires and i hit it so hard um i got airborne and then when i landed it just spun me around and then uh I thought I saved it. And when I realized I hadn't, I went two feet in, of course. Uh, but then I hit the grass. And, you know, you know, when you hit the grass, you just hit the ice shoot basically to, you know, <laughs> to wherever it will take you. Uh, so, you know, that wasn't a great result. Um, and then those gremlins, we were able to get the car back on track for Sunday's race, which was great. But, um, you know, luck just wasn't on our side and, and some things went wrong on Sunday as well. And we, we had to retire the car an hour and a half it left, um, with an exhaust leak. And so, you know, it's not great, but, um, like I said before, and like you guys know, and in this sport, highs are high, lows are really low and it sucked. But, um, you know, I learned from my mistake and I'm, Looking forward to not making that again, I guess. And everybody, it was kind of, I mean, it it sucked, but you have to look at the bright side. And and everybody was was super nice to me and were telling me stories about their mistakes and all of that. And it's like, it seems to me that in racing, it's not if, it's when. And everybody makes mistakes and everybody screws up. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't love that it was me, but, you know. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the nature of the beast. Is yeah, you can either go home with a trophy or go home early with the car on a trailer and your tail between your legs. I mean, we've all. Yeah. I've only been doing it for a couple of years, and you know, it's I've I've had both sides of it already. It's you know, go to an event Saturday, you know, spin a bearing. It's like, well, guess I'm going home early. I mean, it's it's yeah, just, it's, it's just, just part of it. So much equipment to take care of, and you're on such a fine line when you're driving uh, between you know. Um, wrecking and not wrecking. Uh, and that's how you go fast. And so everybody steps over that line. I've learned once in a while and it's just, hopefully you don't do it a lot, but, um, you know, once in a while it happens. So even the pros, um, you know, watching races, it's, it's always interesting to see those little things happening and just things going wrong. So, yeah, the Formula One drivers crash every week. I mean, if, if they yeah, can exactly, crash, then exactly. that's what I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> if the best in the world crash, then it's fine if I crash. Yeah. I've heard I've heard Robbie say that more than once. I, yeah, I say it about once a weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the cars are probably a little bit more more of a handful than my uh, Porsche Boxster, but uh, <sighs> no one no needs to know, you know that. Take it when I can. Yep. Um. Yeah. I, honestly, now I feel like a jerk because I had no idea. I saw Mandy's Instagram post, your post. I'm like, oh, it looks like they had a great weekend. And then, and then you say that, I'm like, hmm, oh, now I'm a jerk. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, you know, I'm over it. I'm just, I was sad for uh, Shift of Now, Mandy, Pippa. Uh, they came a long way. And I mean, we all did. So it was a bummer, but, you know, they know it too. Yeah, and it could have happened I'm sure anyway. they've made mistakes and will make mistakes. So For sure. And you, you hadn't been to Atlanta before, right? No, I hadn't. I actually love the track. It was a really fun track. Um, that, that last turn 12 
onto the front straight is pretty crazy. I mean, you got to, I don't know how to say this without, (laughs) you know, being a little bit, uh, it's it's, it's your show. You will never offend us, you know, (laughs) or whatever, but you got to keep your foot in it and it's, it's kind of scary. So I will take that flat. That's like the big thing I know, you know, is is, can you do turn 12 flat? Yeah, we were able to take it flat actually pretty easily. But, um, you know, the first couple of times you're like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, It seems like that wall comes up real fast. Yeah. That's got to be super scary. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, the thing for me is like once I do it once, I can do it a 100 times after and it's no big deal. But getting to that first time is really difficult. And I've had other corners like this where you're supposed to take them flat. And, you know, you work up to it and then you think you're flat and then you look at the data and it's like, you actually weren't flat. <laughs> um, and that's always the most frustrating thing. And because uh, you, your foot just, I mean, my foot sometimes has a mind of its own. Uh, so corners like that, I love them because they're such a challenge. Yeah. Then you're, it's your survival instinct saying, no, 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 no. But you gotta, yeah, exactly. you gotta fight your it. Your foot is just like, nope, <laughs> lifting <laughs> off, lifting off. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been to Road Atlanta. I've done on the sim, and I've, 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 it seems really daunting for you know for someone that's never been there. So, like, I would imagine the first time there would be you know pretty daunting to to get up to speed, and then then to be going into a race immediately after that would be be a pretty st- uh, steep learning curve. Yeah, and especially since we try not to test a lot on Friday, uh, the pressure's on to get up to speed. And it's something throughout my racing career that I've been working on is just being able to get to a track and be within a second at least of a fast lap. And it's really hard, uh, especially coming off COVID in the off season. Like we spent a lot of time not being in the car and I have a simulator um, I have a Rick Motech simulator, which I love, but it doesn't get you the feeling of the, the seat in your pants, you know, and it's great for teaching you tracks. And I love getting there and knowing where I'm going, but it's still getting to that point of 10 tenths uh, and that feeling of just pushing it extremely hard. There's nothing like it because you don't want to crash and, you know, in the simulator it just reset. So, uh, yeah, it's intimidating, but, um, it's also it's also a great challenge to be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you are you the one that starts the race, or I guess how, how does how do the, your driver changeups usually go? In our team so far, we've done a the Friday test day and kind of see where everybody's at with the car, with the track, and then we'll base strategy off of that. And you know fastest person is most li- or more experienced is most likely to take the start. Uh, and then same goes with the finish. And, you know, it's different every weekend. Some weekends, some people are faster and some weekends, you know, it just, it changes and you have to change in endurance racing and be able to make those decisions um, and do that strategy on the race weekend. So I've started a few times. Uh, I've ended a few times and then, um, you know, all of that. And then we just see as far as during the race, we see how it's going and who's running good paces and all of that. And what the weather's looking like too. Uh, you know, if rain comes, we put the the driver who's most confident in the rain or 
you know, all of that. It's all, it's, that's one reason I really like endurance racing is because it's all strategy and it's all so team oriented as opposed to sprint racing where it's the team hands, hands you the car and then it's kind of up to you, but it's really endurance racing. I love because it brings in everyone, you know, everyone's on the clock. We're constantly communicating on the radio and I just love the, the team aspect of it. Do you have like a, like a, like a formal coach and uh, like, like, I guess what's your team fully consist of? No, I don't have a formal coach. We'll all, so between, well, actually at road Atlanta, we had uh, nine drivers. And so we'll compare data to, and the cars, our team cars are very similar. Uh, So we'll compare data to the best drivers that weekend Uh, and that's really helpful. And we'll look at video and all of that. Uh, we have a great, great crew. Um, we at Daytona at our Daytona race, we lost a trans, we didn't lose a transmission. We we knew where it was, but uh, (laughs) our transmission broke, uh, and our guys changed it in 40 minutes. And it was just like, (laughs) <laughs> you know, you take your car to the shop, your street car to the shop, and they charge you for like 30 hours of labor. You're like, by the way, I know that can take an hour, <laughs> less than an hour. So, um, yeah, we just have an awesome team and everybody is super willing to help one another. So it's been great. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's cool that you have like the whole, the team vibe and like everyone's there with the, with the same goal. So like when something breaks, instead of just like, Oh, another that something broke. You know, everyone just kind of wraps up, you know, rolls up their sleeves. Like, we're gonna get this back on the track. Yeah, exactly. And and we've done it really efficiently uh, thus far. So it's it's really cool to watch. And you know, I'm only a very small portion of the weekend. And uh, you know, the our guys prepping the cars weeks and weeks in advance just have they just do an amazing job. The cars are real, really reliable. They don't, I mean, we, we had that transmission broke, but that's really the only major issue we've had in this car so far. And I think it's been four race weekends now. Yeah. So for for four full weekends, that's a, that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And you know, they're, the cars are running a lot, so a lot can happen. Yeah, Definitely. And then uh, last year you did the uh, 25 hours of Thunderhill and it looked like it was a, not a normal race just because of the amount of rain and all the other stuff going on. It looks like, I guess, how, how did that race go for you? Yeah, it's funny. My dad came to that race because he tries to come to as many as he can and support me. And uh, it's great having him, but he, he looked at me and he was like, I've never raced in this hard of conditions. This is some of the hardest conditions I've ever seen, which it was, it was, it was almost unbelievable. So most of, you know, at, at Thunderhill at the 25 hour, it's dark for a majority of the race because it's in December. And so, and then it was raining a lot of that time too, but because it was so damp out and it would stop raining, but the track wouldn't fully dry. It would, there would be a racing line that would dry. That was really dry, but anything outside of that just slick as ice. And so I had some pretty close calls with other cars and it was extreme mud. We took a picture of the car before 
we started the race and after it didn't look like the same car. It was just mind boggling. And, um, but then that being said, it was some of the most fun racing I've had because, because it was so difficult. I mean, it's those conditions that I think make us all better. And at the end of it, you just kind of get out of it. You're like, we survived. I don't know how, but we did. And, uh, we actually had a, had a really good result. We were, an hour to go, we were battling for P3 pretty hard. And we ended up, something happened to the tire. Um, someone hit the curb, hit a curb in a little bit wrong of way and the tire blew. And so at the end of it, we were P4 by less than a minute, over 25 hours. So if that's not hard racing, I don't know what is. It was pretty cool to see. And hopefully we'll all get to do it again this next year. And hopefully I'll, I'll get to race with, I race with Michelle Abate and Sarah Montgomery and um, two other men. And it was just, it was a great, we had a great team. And again, our crew was awesome. Our crew chiefs were awesome. And uh, yeah, I really hope to do it again with them and bring back a, a podium position. Yeah, definitely. Cause yeah, I mean, going to one of those races and then having to, I mean, deal with the elements. I mean, I'm lucky. You're lucky that you didn't have to deal with any sort of like mechanical issues besides that tire. And like, you're able to actually focus on the difficult racing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, our BMW was really, really well prepared and it, you know, they, that team HQ Autosport puts in so much time to making sure the car is absolutely maximized for endurance racing, but then more so the 25 hour, because that is their race. And it's a really cool race to be at because you have proteins, you have prototypes, and then you also have Miatas. Um, and it's just, I actually saw on track, uh, I was driving in the middle of the night and a prototype and a Miata came together and they both flew off the track and I was feet behind them. And I was trying, and then I went out into the slick spot and I was, somehow I made it out alive, but it's, it's, it's just, I think there's a rate, there's no other race that's like quite like the 25 hour. Yeah. And then, yeah. Then, then throw some rain into it and turns yeah. into just a big, like a rally at that point or, uh, yeah, dirt rally. Cause it's like seeing the yeah, pictures exactly. of the cars, like you could, the people were like, an article, I can't remember what article I was reading, but it was basically saying like, everyone was just dragging mud back onto the track and it was just filthy. So it's it's, absolutely (laughs) filthy. And I think I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think like, let's say a normal, a normal year that's dry, would be like the winner would have like 750 laps. And I think the winner of last year had like 500 something laps. So it was just, yeah, just way slow racing, challenging. So it's, 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 it's cool that you gotta be a part of that because that's, that's a story that not a lot of people get to get to tell. Yeah, exactly. And then to also come away with it, with the pretty good finishing position, we were all really happy. Of course, we wanted we wanted that top three, but um, just being a part of it and keeping the car safe and running really fast lap times, it was a great race for us. Then you, you plan on coming, going back to this year? Yeah, I hope so. I don't have anything set in stone right now, but it I would love to. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of we had we had an SCA meeting last night. It's just like, well, we can't really plan anything. Yeah, so, yeah. So I know. Well, I just heard the five hundred, the 
there's no spectators this year. They just yeah. they just canceled yeah. it. So, man, that is sad. That's gonna be so. I weird. mean, <laughs> so weird. I mean, and the fact that it's in August and then no spectators on top of that. It's just it's really sad. Yep. Yeah, say Formula One's done a decent job with it, I think, and they've like, they've kind of laid the benchmark of what other series are doing. But it's yeah, it's, it's it's definitely weird to see you know the racing and then no crowd. Yeah, exactly. And um, I know I'm just worried more races will get canceled. Uh, my dad was supposed to go to Mid Ohio this weekend for the IndyCar and uh, Road to Indy. And that just got canceled. And so now he's coming to my race, which I'm really excited about. But, um, you know, it's just a bummer that races are getting canceled. And it's just kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows it now. But yeah, yeah. hopefully we, we can, you know, next, next we year. We had a bunch of friends at Mid-Ohio just this week or last weekend. Yeah. And I know that it was, you know, they were real. It was kind of touch and go up to the very, the very end of it as to whether or not it was actually going to be able to happen. And, and uh, there was a lot of rules and they were warned that there would be health inspectors on site. So, you know, watch yourselves and be careful. So, yeah, I, uh, the, and the restrictions are, it's weird. I mean, obviously we need to have these restrictions, but going to the WRL races, you know, they've mandated masks and uh, social distancing and all that. And, and our team has had to put a lot of things in place to make sure that we're all safe. And it just doesn't feel normal, but I guess it's what we have to do to get back to racing in 2021. Yeah. For and sure. normal life. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of weird. Cause you'll, you know, you want to like high five your buddy, but it's like, God, I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> I know there's been so many times I go in for a hug for someone I haven't seen in a long time. And then I'm like, can't do that nope. you know and or just random things so yep. or yeah. even walking to a grocery store and realizing i don't have a mask but yep but yeah i could i wear a mask all day every day at work and then you know anytime i'm in public so now i do it's like like a watch or my wedding ring or something i feel, yeah. I feel it's to the point where i actually feel naked without it because i wear it so often huh. yeah i'm lucky in the in that i don't have to wear it all day because right now i'm working from home uh but you know, when I go back and do breaks and all of that, I'm, I think they're going to mandate it pretty heavily. And I think it's just something that's kind of be our new normal for a while now. Yeah, for sure. Because even like our last SCCA uh, time trials event, we, you know, hand out prizes and, and, and stuff at the end of the weekend. It's like, here, I'm going to set it here and I'm going to go back right. over here and then you can get it. <laughs> it's just, just kind of just yeah. weird. Or we're do we've we've been doing drivers meeting over the loudspeakers and you know people still talk and all of that. I'm just it's just weird and it's it's just I don't know it, the loudspeaker. I mean they're they're great ways to adapt, but um, I'm excited for it to be over. <laughs> Def, yeah, I, I think the entire world could agree on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah, we kind of jump into some more. Um, one thing I'm always curious about, do you have any pre-race rituals? So for me, I actually don't really. And the reason for that is, well, I, I do a little bit when I get in the car, but I'll explain. Uh, the reason for that is I find the more nervous I am before getting in the car and racing, the worse I am. I can run a lot better when I am 
calm and prepared. And so, no, not really before I get in the car, but when I get in the car, you know, I'll, I'll run through some laps in my head and do, you know, a breathing exercise just to calm myself down as much as possible. Uh, and I, that's worked the best for me so far. I know there's people who just have these elaborate things. And I find with that, if something in that ritual or routine goes wrong, then I'll second guess it and start to think, you know, I'll jinx myself almost. Um, and it just, it doesn't work for me because I overthink and, and I don't want that. Yeah, for sure. Like I've, let's, I don't know, like as I'm starting to get more into, into like actual making the step into wheel to wheel racing, I've, I've kind of like used the podcast as an excuse to ask these types of questions. Like, well, what do you do? And it's just yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm basically any chance I get, I'm always like, so what do you do before race? What, you know, how do you stay focused? Like just things like that, where it's, you know, like I, I read the Ross Bentley books, and, you know, things that have worked for me in the past. I'm always curious as to what, what other people do. Yeah. So what do you do? I'm curious now. I do the cross crawls that Ross Bentley suggests. So yeah. I guess I kind of, I kind of change it up. So I turn it into like a stretch. So like I'll kind of go off, yeah. go off by myself after the car's ready before I put my helmet on and I'll do the cross crawl. So I'll basically take my right hand, touch my left foot and then go back, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And then once I'm in the car, I, I actually started doing what Martina Kwan said she does. So she puts her gloves on and then kind of shakes her hands out. And then I just sit yeah. there, sit there and then do laps with my eyes closed. Yeah. And that seems to have helped a lot. Whereas in the past I would put in like, you know, metal music and just like, just get like pumped up. But yeah. then by the time I get to the actual race You're surface, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, I've already lost that energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's just, I yeah, know, just, can, it's just kind of, to that. it's kind of an evolving thing where I'm just like, well, let's see what someone else is doing and then kind of try that. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's always great to try new things and switch it up too. Cause you know, why not? We all, we all have seconds to gain or tenths or whatever it may be. Seconds for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 yeah, in my mind, I always thought it was like, I need to be amped. I need to be pumped. I need to be ready. But, but no, like what, what you said, it, it's way better to be calm, clear headed, focused. And like, yeah, it, it took me a while to kind of transition to just, okay, everything's good, calm, focused, okay. Just be level Yeah, I'd actually do that too, but then I'd just get in the car and just be like, <laughs> and then, you know, I would start to make mistakes that I wouldn't have. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm more nervous thinking about the race days in advance than I actually am in the car on track. I know exactly. So, uh, last year I did my first MX five cup race, which is a pretty big deal for me because you know that's the next step I want to take in racing and it's extremely extremely competitive probably even more so than spec miata I mean definitely more so than spec miata you have guys who are just so fast and I got the call that I was able to do the race and I was just stressing myself a month before I was just stressing myself out and just was like oh my gosh I don't know I don't know I mean I was super excited but you know, extremely nervous. But then as the days started to get closer to the race, I kind of calmed down. I'm like, Lonnie, you know how to do this. You've done it before. It's just on a little bit bigger of a scale. And, uh, so I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. (laughs) Um, I guess you're also in a, like, not like we were shift up now and you're also with the uh, girls on the run group. So it seems like not only are you focusing on like 
gaining experience for your career and, and trying to better your racing career, but you also seem to be focused on, on like the next generation and giving back and, and being a positive influence. I mean, would, would you say that's a true statement? Yeah, exactly. I was on the, I was a board member for girls on the run when I was in high school and that kind of catalyzed this whole, um, female empowerment and sports for me. Uh, I grew up ski racing and running and I was on the running team and all of that. So girls on the run was really important to me. And then it's really cool to see that transition into shift up now, which is a lot about the same thing. It's, um, finding courage and empowerment within females in sports. And, uh, it's just really cool. And I love, you know, when I was young, I'd always look up to the, the older girls doing sports or doing really cool things and thinking, Oh, I'd love to be there one day, you know? And then, the fact that I get to be that person now just makes me so happy. And we, through Shift Up Now, we see these girls as young as six and eight years old and they're go-karting and everything. And it's just the coolest thing. And uh, I'd love to help encourage more females in the sport. I don't think, I think, so what we did at the 25 Hours of Thunder Hill was really cool because we brought a mixed team. We had two girls, two boys. Um, and honestly, to me, that's what racing has to be and should be is it's not about who the, who's behind the wheel. It's about how they drive the car and the car doesn't know who's behind the wheel. And, um, and we can drive it just as fast as anybody else. And I think we've proven that and being a part of shift up now as well as just introduced me to some really cool ladies, like, like Pippa Mann, like Shay Holbrook, um, Sarah Montgomery, uh, and they're just really inspiring and they're fast in the car. And so it's been really cool to be a part of, and it's cool to know that I could possibly make a difference. Yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd say you guys that shift up now is absolutely doing that. I've, I've been impressed with everything that I've seen, like with Instagram and like talking with you and Mandy, it's, it's it's awesome to have that type of role model where someone that's you know a, a young girl is looking at racing like man I, I want to be in racing but you know they're watching Formula One or they're watching NASCAR and they're like yeah, there's like no girls where where are the girls at and then yeah then they get, I think I think some young young girls don't even question it because they don't think we're allowed right um, I've had friends who have been asked asked by younger girls are we even allowed in this sport and it's like yes of course but it, it's going to take a lot more hurdles for us in this sport in some senses and that's why it's really cool to be a part of shift up now because we're all working together for the same goal and we all lift each other up which is really cool because you know in motorsports it's really competitive and egos get get involved but shift up now has fostered this environment where it's about the collective and the collective helps lift individuals up. And uh, so I'm just really excited to see what shift up now hasn't been start. It hasn't been going for very long. So, and it's already accomplished so many things. So I'm just really excited. What, what will happen with it in the next year, two years, three years, whatever it is. Yes. Same here for sure. Um, I guess, is there any added pressure being an unser? <laughs> uh, 
yeah. (laughs) 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 I mean, you go to, and you know, people in, in real life, I suppose, don't really know the answer name, which is, you know, nice. Uh, but then when you get to the racetrack, it's like, Oh, she's an answer. Like she needs to perform perfectly. And it's like, it's, it's difficult because it is a lot of pressure, but it's also an honor too, because I try to perform, uh, of course, as best as I can. And I want to make my family proud. Uh, but people have expectations when they see your last name, which is good, but it's also bad. Uh, sometimes I just wish, you know, people didn't know. And then I could, you know, create my own, not yeah, create my own path, uh, in a way that doesn't have, um, that preconceived notion. Makes sense. I could, I could see it being a way to open a bunch of doors, but at the same time, now all eyes are on you. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like I said, it's great to be an answer and it's great to be a girl in this uh, industry right now because uh, I get opportunities that others may not, which I'm very grateful for. But um, people expect big things when your family has. I mean, it's it's a lot to live up to and I hope to live up to it one day. But uh, just the amount of things my family has done is pretty intimidating sometimes yeah i think you're the only person i know that has an entire family museum (laughs) yeah i i'm the fourth generation i mean my family has been racing for years and years and years and you know we're some of the first people you know we're the one of the first greatest names in racing which is awesome but you know the answer name carries a lot of weight uh which I like and it's really cool and I'm honored and, you know, I love, I love hearing about all of my family's stories and some of their stories are just insane. Um, like you couldn't make some of the stuff up, but, uh, it's definitely got its, its challenges. I would, I guess I I can't truly imagine, but I would, I would, I could guess. (laughs) Yeah. It is pretty cool. I mean, it was cool when I was young, uh, going to the Indy 500 and I, I got to ride in the pace car one year for the parade, um, with my uncle Al. And it was just, I mean, it's, it's what made me love racing. And I don't know if I would have found racing without my family. I hope I would have, but you know, you just, you just don't know. And, um, that's another reason why shift up now is so cool is like, we're making it more possible for women to discover the sport. And, you know, we're making, we're making, um, you know, it's not just Danica Patrick anymore. Um, there's more names behind women in motorsports now and that people can look up to, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And I I think that you'd be a good example of that too. It's like, if if Lonnie, Lonnie, if uh, Lonnie Unser still has to have you know has to be work her way up, then it's clearly not as as inclusive as for a, like a guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it still takes a lot of work. I don't, um, 
I, I have to work just as hard for sponsorship. I'm maybe not just as hard, but I have to work extremely hard to find sponsorship and, um, you know, to make those relationships. I have to, you know, like we were talking about before, when people meet me, I have to uphold all of these preconceived notions and I have to prove them either right or wrong. Uh, and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. Do you make, make one mistake? And like, she's not an answer. You know, yeah. Just, just, just some exactly. stupid backhanded comment like that. I you know, I could just, yeah. Yeah. I, but at the same time, it's, you also gives that, that chip on your shoulder too. It's like, well, I am an answer. I will show you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you want me in the car for a reason and you know, I, I want to prove my name. So that's awesome. Um, do you have any, aspirations to kind of follow the Indy 500 legacy or like the Pikes Peak legacy or anything like that? Uh, I would love Indy 500 would be uh, extremely cool dream come true. But also that being said, racing sports car, sports cars in the IMSA WeatherTech series would be just as much of a success for me. Uh, I'd love, I really look up to Catherine Legg. Uh, I'd love to kind of do things that she's doing and she's extremely successful uh in endurance racing at the top level and so that's what i'm looking for and that's what i think is most realistic for me right now uh and as far as pike's peak people you know people have thrown around the idea and it's just a matter of getting the ride uh i would love to i'm (laughs) afraid of heights which i have to get past uh my dad took me up there a couple of years ago and the entire time I was looking out the window, just dad, how do you not get scared? Like, how do you not look down this ledge? That's a hundred foot drop. And he's, he just told me that, you know, once you're in the zone, you only think about the line. You can't think of that hundred foot drop. And so I just have to take advice from him and my other family members if I was to do it. But I think it would be really cool to to make the journey up Pikes Peak one day. Yeah, that'd be that'd be incredible because I, I I took a vacation and drove up there and kind of had that same thought. I was like, people race up here. Yeah, people, like the, I'm, I'm I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, no, seriously, people are going like 150 miles an hour right here. <laughs> And we're barely and going you don't 20. Understand. This is sketchy. <laughs> um, and even more so when it was dirt. I mean, it's paved now, which is kind of a bummer, to be honest. Like, you look at some of those old dirt photos, and, you know, they have a wheel hanging off the edge, just drifting around the corner, and it's just insanely cool. Uh, but still, it's still cool with, with it being paved. But um, yep. And I guess you get up to faster speeds. Yeah, it's it's equally terrifying for new reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Hill climbing is one of like the the types of motorsports that I dream of being able to do someday. But I don't know if I could do Pikes Peak. Like that might be that might be too far. Oh, I know. I um there's I've seen pictures of Robbie uh Bobby Jr., sorry. Uh and he managed to fly off the edge of one of these corners. And I saw a picture in my uncle Bobby's house of his car just getting helicoptered out of there, like lifted from the helicopter. And he was just standing there like, I don't know. But I guess safety is so good in the cars these days that, you know, if something was to happen, still probably be OK. Uh, it's the motorcycles, though, that are really scary. Uh, I think they might be done. 
Are they oh, ever? Really? I think so. Let's see, it would have been 2019 because they haven't raced it yet this year. So yeah, 2019, yeah. the last running. Um, somebody I can't remember his name now. Somebody yeah, was killed yeah, on a motorcycle, exactly. and I I think they may have huh. called it. I think they may have said no more. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why. It's like one mistake, and yeah, there's there's no know. there's really no coming back from a mistake yeah. on a motorcycle. I, yeah. I guess it's like the old days of racing kind of, um, when my grandpa was racing and when his brothers were racing, they'd lose a guy every weekend or more, um, just because the safety was so bad. My dad's dad crashed, uh, at practicing for the Indy 500 and he died of, uh, his fire injury or his burns, uh, a week later in the hospital. And they used to, I have been told that when he was racing and that year they dipped the suits in lye and uh, the fire suit was actually created because of his crash and his, his burns. So, I mean, the, the technology now is great and I feel more safe uh, in a race car than on the street. Uh, so there's something to be said about that. Yeah, I think we would we would both agree with you on the safe safer in a race car than on the street car for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've had to have that argument with uh, even just time trialers where they they don't want to put any safety in their car. I'm like, no, seriously, you're going 150 miles an hour with, with your with your Corvette. You should probably look into safety. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's shocking to me how much resistance people put up to that. Yeah, I know. It's weird to me because it, I think it pushes me harder knowing that, you know, if something bad was to happen, I'd probably be fine. You know, and like I, I crashed this last weekend. I was not hurt in the slightest. Um, And, you know, in fact, in higher horsepower cars and all of that, you get hurt, but it's not, you don't, it's not like it used to be. You don't die. And um, you know, whereas on the street, if you're, you're out there with people who don't know what the heck they're doing and, um, it's uh, honestly, it's, it's just a lot worse and you don't have any safety equipment. You don't have the roll bar. You don't have the, the fire suppression system. You know, you don't have your Hans, your helmet, your fire suit. And so. Yeah. I'll, I'll take touching mirrors down the front straight over next to somebody on the interstate any day. Yeah. <laughs> me too <laughs> or feet feet behind people's bumpers it's totally fine in a race car but don't get near me on the interstate please <laughs> nope some days i feel like i'm on a racetrack driving down the interstate on my way to work though those people it's there's some crazy people out there yeah well they don't know what a car can can do what it can't do uh it's really interesting working for brakes because to see the the limited knowledge of the general public in cars is a little bit scary. And that's why brakes is so cool is because it's teaching teens at a really young age, more about cars and how they handle and things like ABS. Uh, We get so many parents in that have never felt their ABS or they have felt it and they thought the car was broken. And that's the kind of thing that well, it needs to be taught. I mean, to, to be driving down an interstate with somebody who doesn't know anything about ABS or traction control, anything is just scary. 
So is that that is it breaks kind of like uh, the street survival class? I guess if, if you're not familiar with that. I'm not super familiar, but I think I've heard that before. And I believe so. So they take we take students through a series of uh, exercises. So we'll do skid control, which is the most fun. It's the best to teach. Uh, and it's really cool to watch the students like feel the car sliding around um, and so many of them will get in the car just being absolutely terrified or being way too cocky, either one, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny to see both sides of the spectrum. Uh, and so I love that one. We put plastic, uh, rims around the tires and it just slides the car around really well. And then we do a slalom, we do a crash avoidance. So like if something was to fly out of a car in front of you, how to avoid that, uh, and not upset the car or, and then we do ABS and then we do distraction and it's really great. I mean, it seems so simple for us who are in the motorsports world, these things, uh, but it's amazing how much these students can learn by just being there from 8am to 12, 12. Uh, it's really cool. I, I, I got the offer to teach there and I was like, I had zero thoughts about it. I was like, absolutely. This is, what needs to happen. I need, I mean, my friends need this. I know, I just know so many people who could benefit so greatly from going through something like this. Basically every person I drive past on the interstate every day to work. All of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it definitely sounds just like a uh, SCCA street survival and it's okay. Adam and I have been on our soapboxes on the show many, many times saying how it's too easy for a driver's license in America. So if, if, yep. this, if this was part of a, a driver's ed, this would be... In Germany, it's like you require 500 hours or something before you get your license. Uh, and it's, it's not cheap either. It's no. you know, it's something you really have to dedicate to and like really want. It's not a, it's not a privilege, or, you know, it, it's, or it's not a right. Yeah, exactly. It's something you have to earn. And I, you know... I don't know if I want to go that quite that far. It becomes really like cost prohibitive, but it certainly should be a little bit harder. Yeah, I totally agree. I think going through something like breaks or the SCCA street survival course needs to be mandated. Um, if you think about it, I mean, most high school athletes or whatever spend maybe up to 30 hours a week practicing their sport. And then they go out and drive a car with only having I think my, to get my license, I was required to drive with my instructor for six hours. That's, it's just mind, mind boggling. That sounds right. I'm pretty sure our, my driver slept through about half of it or my, my yeah. teacher or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. so it's, yeah My teacher was also a, a BMW club of America instructor just oh, coincidentally. Cool. So, uh, I think that he may have been a little, little harder on us than, uh, <laughs> that some other people got away with, but, um, yeah, well, I knew he needed to be <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm I... not letting these kids out on the street. I mean, in Idaho, we, we can get our, um, learner's permits at 14 and a half. It's like, we look like babies driving a car yeah. and we don't know anything about the cars either. And, you know, for most girls, uh, their dads take care of their car. They don't know how to check their oil. They don't know how to check their tire pressures and things like that. And, I just, I mean, I'd like to help educate um, young people and especially young girls that these are things that they need to know how to do. 
or is, yeah, it's not just a skill set used on the racetrack for sure. Yeah, exactly. Don't you weren't you part of like an app that did like videos and and stuff that showed? If I remember that yeah. right. Yeah, no, totally. So uh, Cooper Tires, their philanthropy project is Tread Wisely. And Tread Wisely is preparing teens and young drivers to be safe on the road and to be tire smart and to, uh, you know, know how to, they have videos that show here's how you change a tire, here's how you check your tire pressure, things like that. And they also do learning engagement events and all of that. So it's really cool. Uh, and I'm glad I got to be a part of that. And I hope, I think I'll be able to be uh, involved with them again in the future uh, because it's, it's just really cool. And I mean, being a young woman, it's scary to be alone. And if I was to get stranded on the side of the highway with a, a flat tire that I don't want people coming up to me, I want to be able to do it on my own. And I want other younger women to be able to do that as well. So that way something bad doesn't happen and they can be independent and not be afraid yeah that's it's definitely a useful tool that's that, that that should be used by a lot of people yeah exactly oh that's awesome it was a requirement for my younger sister being able to change oil and and uh tires and and just basic simple stuff in order for her to be allowed to drive you know just by my dad who you know because i grew up in a huge car family too so um that was just a requirement like it wasn't even wasn't even thought that we wouldn't do that for her so i know and it's us and i mean motorsports we it's just kind of what we teach our kids or you know my dad uh same thing like he wouldn't let me have a car if I didn't know how to take care of it. And if I didn't know how to, you know, at least do the basics and then he'd take me out on the road and he'd do kind of exercises with me like brakes. And he'd, he'd just say, okay, I want you to slam on the brakes as hard as you can. And it's amazing to me how few parents do that with their kids. Uh, and it's such an easy exercise. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I took like took my mom's minivan out cuz I got my again per, uh the permit at 14. So we she drove yeah. to the DMV or wherever, got my permit, and then I was the one that drove home, but I'd never really driven. So like we I were slowing down to a stop sign and I like slam on my brakes, stop way too short, and then the car behind me almost hits me. Oh my so gosh. Like, well, I about total the van just Within the first fifteen minutes, I mean, luckily, yeah. luckily they evaded and went on the shoulder and went around. But yeah, it, it it could have been really bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys are even younger where you can get your permits because you're in. It's kind of same as Idaho. Like you need to be able to drive the tractors, yep. and that's why we get our permits so young. Yeah, we could get them uh, our fourteenth birthday, and then we could also get moped licenses then, so we could drive mopeds. Which I yeah. think both Robbie and I did. Yep. So. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. That sounds fun. <laughs> we grew up. We grew up in tiny little towns, like yeah. you know, less than five thousand people each, and uh, yeah. being able to have a moped was almost a requirement to be able to, you know, get yep. to anything. I think everybody had so, one. Yeah, it was pretty close to it. That if you live far enough away and like on a farm, you could get a, a school permit. But yeah, if yeah I was then you town. could drive a car to school, but you had to 
you know, you had to go straight, like the shortest route from your house to school. And yeah. if a police caught you off that route, you were done. Yep. But man, the moped seemed like my dream when I was younger. <laughs> I always wanted to ride around in a moped. It's just the freedom, honestly, uh, being, being young and being able to drive your car is like a breath of fresh air. And it's funny to hear, uh, these teens at breaks talk about, how they either really want their license for freedom or they don't want it because they don't, they aren't interesting and interested in driving, which I try to encourage if they're not, you know, I'm like, well, why don't you like it? It's really fun. Yeah. That'd be just, again, that's mind blowing to us. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, we both live close to a city, but we're still kind of rural. And so public transit is like the town I live in public yeah. transit is not a thing at all. And so I mean, maybe it's just because I don't meet these kids, but it's just so weird to me that they wouldn't want a license. Me too. I was just chomping at the bit, you know, before I got my head because otherwise I'd have to bike 10 miles every day. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I want a car, you know? Right. I, I, I had to go get my, I made my parents bring me to get my permit on my 14th birthday. And the same thing for my 16th birthday. I wasn't going to wait an hour. I wanted no. it the second I could get it. I, th- I think we actually yeah. left school early so I could get it the day of. <laughs> yeah, it's that's awesome. I wish everybody felt that way because, you know, then it puts more passion into people of becoming better drivers. Yep. Well, even like I remember it was like a rite of passage where people would lose their license for speeding or whatever. And, and, and the thought of losing my license was the worst case scenario. If I couldn't Ugh. drive then that, that like, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. So like, yeah. it, just was, it was really weird to me. Like, Oh yeah, I lost my license for three months. That's not cool. I, I need to drive. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Remember, I, I wrecked my first car. I was that stereotype. It wasn't a bad, <laughs> I, I rear ended somebody on some ice. It wasn't like the, the worst okay. thing in the world, but um, I was told, you know, I had to go and visit with a, a officer at the DMV or something like that. And I was told, you know, you're on probation now, you know, if you, if something goes wrong, like we're taking your license. And for like the next year, I was 55. Exactly. No more, no less. Like, you know, just terrified of losing my license. Yeah. And then, you know, calculating the points or whatever, I've had a fair share, not a fair share, but I've had a few speeding tickets and it's like, do not get too many points, (laughs) especially when I'm younger, you know? Oh, for sure. Like, uh, even South South Dakota is really strange to me because they'll give licenses at fourteen, and I I don't understand that like one. full fledged licenses. Yes, real licenses, <laughs> which makes no sense. Yeah, you <laughs> see those fourteen uh, year olds behind the wheel and just jaw drops. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> a child. So young. <laughs> um, I guess I now I got I got a couple questions left, and then most of these are just kind of generic stuff. Uh, what's the best piece of advice that stuck with you? I think being an answer, you probably have had a fair amount of advice from some of the elites. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, the biggest piece of advice that I've gotten is being patient. And I think that can apply to both on track and off, uh, you know, in the, in the business sense of things, it takes time. It takes time to cultivate relationships with uh, partners and all of that. And, and especially on track, I've learned, pick your moves and make sure they're the ones because especially in things like spec Miata and MX five cup, 
if you make a single mistake, you're getting freight trained by five, 10 cars because they're that equal. And if you try to make a pass that doesn't stick again, you're getting freight trained. It sucks. There's no (laughs) worse feeling in the world than just seeing these cars whiz by because it's so momentum based. And then also just in endurance racing too, like don't push, don't push a pass. Don't, you know, wait for the right time. It's like, it's like a chess game. Uh, racing a high speed chess game it's all about making those perfect precise moves and i yeah that's the biggest piece of advice i would give to anybody listening i think that's i think that's really good advice that was one thing that again apples and oranges but like even on just like i racing like i learned that real fast i'm like i am not patient i need to be patient because yeah. I, I would again especially I, when I, you have that reset button yep oh yeah yeah, go Which for is it. kind of fun sometimes to try <laughs> to push, like try to make passes that you probably couldn't. Oh yeah. Um, but yep. Now I, I learned real fast. I was like, yep, nope. I, that was dumb. Real dumb. Good thing I didn't do that in reality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's pretty funny to watch though too. Yep. My first, the first race I ever did that wasn't a rolling start. One of my buddies just happened to be online and was watching me. And the guy in front of me didn't go and I just went for it right off the get. And like, and I'm used to like other Sims where you can drive through the cars that don't go. Right. Just rammed him right in the tailpipe. And then my buddy immediately texted me like, well, that was dumb. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And people in iRacing, I mean, they'll get mad at you. Like, oh, he he tried to take me out the next turn. Like, he just straight, straight lined it. (laughs) I've, um, so at home in Idaho, we have our simulator downstairs and I've been up in the kitchen just hearing my dad swearing <laughs> nonstop at, at something. Who knows what? I'm just dying laughing because, I mean, it's like real racing. You know, you get that that passion and it's really cool. I mean, I love racing in that respect and it keeps you sharp in the off season too, but people are really passionate and and I mean, you know, it's always like, oh, I want to get to the next license or I want to do this series or whatever. And and I actually a good friend of mine is competing in a in an iRacing league that he can win some serious money. So it's cool. I mean, we're we're lucky to have it, especially during COVID. Yeah. I think the simulator sales are just through the roof, which is cool. Yeah, you you couldn't get a new one now if you wanted to. <laughs> I tried buying a wheel and if you could find one, they were, you know, probably 25 to 50% more than they were pre quarantine. Yeah. Uh, even like brand new ones, you know, and, and used ones, you're practically paying new prices for them. Right. And, yeah. I ended up not buying one. So I, I ended up buying a computer instead and, and using the one I had cause I wanted to get one that was Xbox compatible. Just, yeah. You know? And, and I was like, well, it's sadly, it's cheaper for me to build a computer than it is to buy a new wheel. So I know. Isn't that's that crazy? What I'm do instead. Yeah. I mean, I guess you just have to wait a little bit and then, and then when the, when racing is back to normal, hopefully you can get the wheel, but it's a bummer that, um, you didn't have it for quarantine. I mean, I, I built the computer and I still haven't plugged it in. So or <laughs> to a, to a wheel yet. So, I mean, Oh, that's pretty cool. Is what it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, I done. Yeah. So I, I've been, definitely gotten into it more this year i've always had it like i've had it since college and i've I've played it here and there and used it to like learn tracks that were available but definitely used it way more in the last you know three months 
Yeah, exactly. Same here. Uh, it's just, I mean, like I said, you don't get that, that feeling of, of the car in your butt, you know? Um, but everything else, I mean, you know, they laser scan the tracks, every bump is correct. And so it's great. And then, and then when we get, when we all get back to real racing, maybe we'll know all the tracks a little bit better, which is great. Yep. One thing that uh, kind of stuck out with me with like Ross Bentley's uh, podcast, he always talks about like, cause he, he's, he was kind of hesitant to really go into like uh, sim racing and iRacing and stuff like that. And in the last year you can tell he's really embraced it as like, this is a great tool. And mm-hmm. One of the things Tom O'Gorman, on, when he was on his podcast, made a comment about, like, sim racing really shows you your faults with your vision. So, yeah. like, it's, it's so vision-based. So, if, if you have, like, if you're really bad about looking ahead or really bad about where your eyes are supposed to be, iRacing does a really good job of showing you that. And I've been really, mm-hmm. really cognizant of that. It's like, yeah, I, I have a lot to improve on this. So, that's yeah, that's kind I- of been my goal. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're but um, okay. I think it also gives you a better feeling of what the car is doing in the steering wheel and in the pedals, uh, which is something I don't think we'd think about, um, in, in the real car, but, um, you know, learning to feel different things in those two components, I think also helps. Yeah, I would definitely agree. So we've talked about kind of your tentative plans for the end of the year. You have high planes this weekend, and then hopefully the 25 hours, do you have anything else planned? Yeah. So, uh, there's a couple more WRL races. VIR is coming up in September 4th, I want to say, and there may be one more in between, uh, and then hopefully the 25 hour. Yes. That's a, that's a good, those are good tracks and and a great way to finish the year. If you get to do all those, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I've heard VIR is a blast. I'm really excited to to race there. It's like they have a section of the track called the roller coaster, right? And it driving it on the sim, it feels like a roller coaster. So I'm really excited. I think it's going to be one of the top favorite tracks. That that seems to be the general consensus of the people that have been there. That it's it's yeah. it jumps to the top. I've, I, I've never been there. I've just done some sim stuff there, and I've watched the yeah. dinner with racers thing on it, but. Yeah, it's everyone has wonderful things to say about it. So I, having never been yeah. there, I think you'll probably end up loving it, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, very important question. We've been asking this to all our guests the last few months. Are you a dog or a cat person? Dog. I'm allergic to cats, so. Uh, it's perfect. We're going to get along. Dang it. <laughs> dang I, like, it. I think dogs are better than people anyways, so. That is that's where that I is, come from. That is perfect. Well, I completely as a agree cat there. person, I think dogs are better than people too, but that's not the point. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I love cats too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to look at them, but can't, can't do anything can't else. Can't pet them. <laughs> I get that. That's that's not fair, I suppose. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a dog person. Up until about a week ago, when I found there was a family of mice in my basement, then I really considered oh, getting a cat. Yeah, that'll <laughs> turn me into cat person fast. <laughs> You need to borrow a cat, Robbie? No, I took uh, I took extreme measures, and they're all gone now. <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> um, I think we talked about. Yep, your ideal long term goals would be, you know, IndyCar or, you know, IMSA. Um, Adam, do you have anything that uh, stuck out at you that you want to touch on? No, I think we uh, I think we hit most of what I what I was 
thinking of. So, yeah. Well, we. I guess. Where can people find you? Um, I'm on all social media. Uh, just at Lonnie Answer and Facebook is Lonnie Answer Racing. Uh, and you can also go to LonnieAnswer.com and find my website, and it has you know my calendar. So uh, check me out there. Perfect. Yeah, I use I use that to uh, get prepped for this and get all my questions and get familiar with uh, where I want to go with the conversation. And I thought it went really well. And I appreciate your time. And uh, this was again. Yeah, thank these, you these so been, much for having me. Of course. Yeah, these podcasts have been like super easy lately, and I it makes it makes it way more fun for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always fun to talk about racing. I mean, I could talk about for hours about racing. So a- it's absolutely. Easy. <laughs> nope. Wait, I got one more thing I see here. Perfect. I pulled up your website just to look at it. Skiing? Yeah. Um, so like I said, I grew up in Idaho uh, okay. near, a, near a ski resort. And so I, two years old, was on skis. Uh, I alpine skied for six years. And then I, in high school, I Nordic skied, cross-country skied. So uh, the really hard uphill <laughs> uh, sport. And so it was really cool to see both of both of those and uh also ski racing helped a lot with line finding and you know kind of getting my feet wet in that perspective i think there's a lot of there's been a lot of great ski racers who also have become great car racers or vice versa so i never thought of that but it makes sense (laughs) i mean racing is racing at the end of the day right right yeah Yeah. and and they're both really fast and you gotta hit your apexes so for sure that's cool. Uh, Robbie and I actually met when we, uh, as rollerbladers in our high school days. And oh, uh, cool. we've both done some skiing to varying degrees of success. I always get hurt every time. <laughs> so it's just, uh, it's, you know, I see that I got to ask about it. So, yeah, no, it's, it's fun. It's fast. When, when we were kids, we used to go to the top of the lift and early morning when it was corduroy, we'd just see, we'd time ourselves how fast we could get down. Uh, we made it pretty fast. So it's always sure. fun. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's all I've got then. Yeah. I think that's all I got as well. Um, I want to, again, thank you for your time. I wish you the best of luck this weekend. Um, hopefully everyone that's listening can head over to your Instagram page and see incredible results. Um, so yeah, by Sunday, Sunday evening, we're going to see an awesome Instagram post about how, how well you did at high planes yep, predicting exactly. it right now. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. Great talking to you guys. Yep. Thank you very Thanks much. For having me. We'll, we'll catch Thanks. everyone else next week.